Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just relax. Anything else that's going on, just let it fall by the wayside, and just be reminded that Every circumstance in your life, God has crafted for you. And you have been involved in that. Your spirit is participating in the circumstances that you're in right now. No matter how good or how bad, those circumstances have been crafted by God for you, for his purposes. Now, we've been talking about the three solical abilities and just habits, lifestyle habits that we can develop, each one of us can develop that will give us something practical that we can structure our relationship with God around that we can actually, you know, do in real life. We have this idea about Christianity, what what it looks like. And so often it looks like church or it looks like ministry or it looks like mission trips. And we want to instead focus on you are the church, you are the mission trip, you are you are central to God's plan. If God wanted to change the world, if he wanted to bring peace to the world, all he'd have to do is give it uh, 1% of thought. And it would be, every war would stop. Just everything that we think a loving God would want would happen. Everything that's going on, though, is serving his purpose. It's a good thing we're not God. Because we would subvert his plans. So I just want to remind you, as you go into this process or change and grow, just always remember that none of us has a corner on truth. God is the way, the truth, and the life. We are still, and in your spirit you are. You are participating in that way, the truth, and the life. But your spirit, who you truly are, is still separate from your soul and your body. So your soul has created, you know, in in some circles that they're called coping mechanisms. We can also call it, you know, armor protective armor, uh, you know, bulletproof proof vest, or the self. The scriptures often refer to it as flesh. It's what your soul has created to take the place of the spirit, the, which is the access to eternal life, which is the access to the actual fulfillment of all your needs, 
your God-given needs that are in your soul and your body. But because you and I were born without access to that eternal life, we came up with our own way of getting our needs met. And the vast majority of them are not what God intended. And God is jealous over us. Those areas of our lives where he wanted to meet our needs and where we have substituted idols and uh, you know appeasements and bad habits and you know all different kinds of idolatry in in broad sense you know we look to people to lead us we look to ideas to uh, lead us we look to uh, feelings and emotions to uh, let us know to tell us if we're on the right track or not and then when God presents himself, because we already have preconception of who and what God is, we reject him. Though that's, that can't be God, that must be the devil. Or that can't be God, you know, you're doing that out of your own flesh. Or you're making that up. Or it's all tricks, or it's witchcraft. You name it. Because we have this idea of who and what God is and if what we're presented with doesn't fit into that we have to find a way to justify rejecting it what you'll find is the more you get to know God the more clear it will be- become about the source of your beliefs And it will come down to, does what you believe call you into a greater dependence on your spirit, on God, or on yourself? Is there a greater burden on performance or on contentment? We've talked often about how gratitude is such a characteristic of of God's nature and it's a great way to know how you're doing. You know, are there, are there areas? And feel free to ask friends. Are there any, you know, and, and loved ones? Are there areas where I am not grateful, that I'm not appreciative? And start with your spouse. Because someone who is receiving the love of God is also sharing it. And to give his love most often starts with looking like appreciation and gratitude. But there's other ways it's expressed as well. So when we look at how God reveals himself and how we accept it and then we give it in gratitude and appreciation, we can see how there's a simplicity to our beliefs. And, you know, we can even look at some red flags as if, you know, how complicated. We, we try to come up with an explanation for why God, do, why God does this, why he doesn't do that. Why does God let the, the evil people flourish? 
You know, the, how long, how many thousands of years has that question been in existence? We know it's in the scriptures. We know it's in the Bible. We know it's, it's historical. How does God allow evil people to flourish and good people to have bad things happen to them? Why do bad things happen to good people? And bad people win the race. Cheating people win the race. And his answer, God's answers, you know, sometimes he, he gives us a, an explanation about this is what's going on in this particular situation. But most of the time his answer is, that's for me to know. So there's a level of acceptance. You know, God accepts you, accepts your soul and your body right where you are right now. You don't have to change for him. In fact, you can't change your soul for him. That's his job. But he accepts you. And that's an area, think about it. Is there an area of your life, of your soul, of your past, your present, or your future that you're having a hard time accepting? Odds are that's an area God wants to talk with you about about your beliefs, not necessarily your actions, but your beliefs, because your beliefs can hinder your actions. Your beliefs can interfere with your being able to accept appreciation and express appreciation. Your beliefs, you know, we all... We all believe that what we believe is correct. And yet there are 2,000 denominations out there, all based on, they all say they're Bible-believing. Well, then how come we have so many denominations? Well, it's a matter of interpretation. Well, then the Bible's not clear, is it? And when we have our faith in something that's not clear, the, our faith is really not in that thing. It's Our faith is in what we believe about that thing. Let's do a different example. Let's say you've worked all your life to, let's say, become a doctor. That's a, a long haul. That's pre-med and then med and then residency. It's very stressful. It's very time-consuming. You put your life on hold. But you believe that you're going to be a great doctor and all you'd want to do is get in a position at this particular hospital and then become the best surgeon in the world. Or you're going to help little children to see again. Or whatever it is, you have this belief that if you could just make it that far. So you're willing to do anything. You're willing to sacrifice anything, including your life, including your relationships, including your, your finances, your future, just so you can work under the, the greatest surgeon so that you can become a great surgeon. If, you could just, I could, if I could just work there or work for that person. 
and then you do you sacrifice it and you get to that point and you're finally and you and you meet finally get to work with that person and your first day you find out that person is a jerk and working for that person you're not going to learn anything and nobody likes him and the only people who think he's great are people that are paid by him or benefit in some way from promoting his greatness. You find out he's a fraud and he's not really interested in helping people. So you look back and you go, I've worked all this time. I've sacrificed all this time. I've given up my life for this one goal because I believed something without checking to see first if it was true or not. And that's, for you and I, that's what we need to do first, is find out if something is true or not. And I don't mean, you know, does it line up with, it doesn't, it, it doesn't mean line up with the scriptures. It means, is it true about God's nature? And the only way you're going to know that is to ask God. Now, dealing with what we believe and becoming aware of, again, what you believe, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you believe it because you believe it's true. I can say that about me. What I believe is because I believe it to be true. I, I don't go around looking for for things to believe in because I know they're a lie or they're you know that it's just not true it's I want to know the truth you want to know the truth and then we believe it and we build it and we build on it and we research it and we enjoy it and we 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 go from there none of us wants to intend or intends to embrace lies. And yet we are all embracing half-truths, mistruths, misconceptions, misunderstandings. So what do we do about that? Well, we don't stop believing. Like that person who's made it to finally work for the person they always wanted to. They don't just quit when they find out, oh, what they believed to be true wasn't true. They, you don't just quit. You go, I'm going to have to reevaluate this. This person isn't everything, or this position wasn't isn't everything I thought it was. What I believed was a lie. So you reevaluate. You don't just throw in the towel. You don't just give it all up. You go, okay, I trust that God brought me here. Now what? And you bring the responsibility back to you. You don't, oh, you just, you know, you're just trying to get people to do work for you for free. No. 
you made the decisions. You got yourself in that situation, that circumstance, and God brought you with, using those circumstances to that point in your, t- in, in your life. And whatever situation you're in now, you know, we think, um, I've worked at many ministries, and pretty much what I've learned is people who, especially newbies that come in to work for a ministry, think that most of the time is spent in prayer and ministering to one another in Bible study and are shocked when they actually have to do work, when they actually have to answer phones, when they actually have to check uh, product lists, when they have to fulfill orders, when they have to deliver food, when they have to vacuum the carpets, when they actually have to do work, when they actually have to listen to, to direction from other people. And some of them, that's it. They turn around and leave and then accuse whichever ministry it is of being a terrible place to work and anti-Christian and God's going to curse them because of what they did to me, et cetera, et cetera. Or they go, okay, God has brought me here to this crossroads. Do I stay or do I go? What, what do I need to learn from the circumstances that brought me here? And we spend time, God, being honest and open to his correction and his light on the decisions we made, the beliefs we had, and we go, okay, this was a, you know, going back to the, the medical school situation, it's hard. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. And to find out that, you know, it would be easy to become bitter, to think, okay, I did all this, and I feel like I was tricked. And maybe there's some fairness in that. There are some situations where people are you know, would be justified in feeling they were tricked. So now what? Anytime you feel bitterness creeping in or, you know, the um, payback, you know, you or jealousy or envy, those are, are not characteristics of your true nature. Now, does that mean you reject them? No, you go, okay, God, what do we do about this? I'm feeling really angry about the advice I was given in school. I'm not even sure I want to be a, continue to be a doctor. I'm not even sure I want to continue. You know, I've got $100,000 in, in school debt. How am I ever going to pay that off? They're not, you know, I can't even get a paycheck here. How, how am I going to handle this? I thought once I passed that, last line, cross that last line, that it would be smooth sailing. Well, now I just find it's a bigger chaos with less satisfaction, less friendship, 
less contentment. And I'm not learning anything. I'm not becoming, I'm not helping anybody. And we let God speak to us. And we let him reveal the truth. And we do that with confidence. Because he's not going to rebuke us. He's not going to criticize us. He's not going to say, well, you missed me here, 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 and here. So what if you did? God knew that. Your spirit knew that. And whatever point you're at was crafted by God for his purpose. Because his purpose is not you becoming a world-renowned surgeon or the best you know, used car salesman or the best house painter or the best, you know, the most you know, the biggest church, the minister of the biggest church. That's not his purpose and plan for you. Those are those are circumstances that he uses. Those are the 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 that those are his left hand and his right hand that God uses in your life to form what he wants in your soul and in your body. He's already well satisfied. He's content with the condition of your spirit. He's already, you know, put a check mark by your spirit. You get an A plus. You're you're in the club. You're in. You're in the family. You're part of him. He cannot reject you. He will not object reject you. He's already embraced who you are in the spirit, as spirit in the spirit realm as the your spirit. So the problem is not your relationship with God in your spirit. It's the soul. And we do spend so much time. You know, if you believed that your reality could be determined by your emotions, to do to prove, no, your reality is is in the spirit, what would God have to do to reveal that to you? He would let that fail. He would let whatever mechanisms you have. You know, if you if you go through life thinking, well, I always choose what makes me happy. I always choose the path of least resistance because that's where God's leading me. Uh, you know, I wake up and I just trust that he's going to lead me through every single you know, doorway, and all I have to do is just follow however he wants to do by, because I can tell by the peace I have in my heart and the joy, and I'm just happy. And whenever he brings people into my life that are critical or when my boss tells me I need to get the project done, but I, I get depressed by that kind of a project, and so I just say, well, it's not something I really want to work on, so find somebody else to work on it. And then he, he he fires me, and that's depressing, so I just go on a vacation because that makes me happy. So God is going to let that fail because what we believe 
is a lie. Your reality, your truth of who you are is not based on your emotions. Now, your, your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. Let's say, you know, your mind, how you figure things out, understanding. If you can, so many people do this, including myself. If I just knew what God wanted me to do, I'd do it. So we try to figure out what it is that God wants us to do. And we want to figure out and understand what God has for tomorrow. This is, we, this is one of the reasons we are, rely so heavily on the scriptures. You know, very often people who rely on the emotions rely on how they feel during worship and music. And again, emotions and, and the mind and our, uh, our will, they're part of our soul. They are God-given gifts. We value them. We enjoy them. But they're certainly not truth. Yet, your soul is becoming rejoined to your spirit, but not there yet. So they are unreliable. There's quicksand in our emotions, quicksand in our belief system and our understanding, quicksand in our actions. So many people believe, okay, if I, you know, win the lottery it's because god is blessing my the decisions i've made if you know i cheat in you know to get a good grade and it gets me into the college i needed to get into i go okay well that was the right decision because the outcome was right you know or if we we neglect one part of our life because we are spending our time instead, you know, helping the, uh, the poor, ministering, you know, to the who are, who are less fortunate instead of our own family. So we make choices of how we, of our actions, decisions of our, how we spend our time, the, the choices we make. We make choices and decisions for what we think, what we understand, what we use to understand. And then we make choices and decisions about how we rely on our feelings. And, and, and for God to break that reliance, he lets our emotions fail. He lets our understanding fail. And he lets our actions fail. You know, for those who rely on things always going their way, when things start to not go your way, what emotions come up? Where did I miss God? What, you know, is, is the, the devil's attacking me? What did I do to deserve this? I must be out of his will. We look for excuses rather than going, okay, am I looking at the whole issue the right way? And this is why we're we're starting with in learning about the different things we can do, the abilities that we can utilize that are in our soul 
which is, again, speaking in tongues, waiting on him, and fasting. These are things that we can start doing on a practical, objective, unemotional. You don't have to want to do it. You don't have to enjoy it. You don't have to get any emotional reaction from it. You don't have to understand it. You certainly don't have to understand it. I certainly don't understand speaking in tongues. I do it, though. Uh, There's a lot of times that, you know, most of the time I have absolutely no emotional reaction to doing it at all. Like 99.99% of the time. In the same way with waiting. Most of the time there's absolutely no emotional or understanding or satisfaction, and, and it's hard to do it. Most of the time my soul does not want to do what is beneficial for it. which is why we develop these habits. And this is why we come back to, God, what is it that you're, that you're drawing my attention to? By these things, when these things fail, I want you to think about them in terms of it's a red flag. What, what wound is that red flag flying over? What misbelief or lie is that red flag flying over? We all know people, and sometimes we are those people that can't keep a job or that can't keep a relationship or has no purpose in life or is always depressed, on and on, whatever, going around the mountain over and over again. It's not about understanding why. It's not about feeling why. It's not about just gritting our teeth and overcoming it. It's about being able to turn and recognize those are the circumstances that God has crafted and then doing these three things. To make ourselves available to God so that he can provide direction, correction, healing, speak the truth. You don't know how to fix yourself. You don't know how to get yourself off that pathway to keep going around in the mountain over and over and over again. God can do it with a snap of his fingers. But getting there, do these three things. And don't worry about doing all three. Start somewhere. Start with the waiting. Start with the speaking in tongues. Start with the fasting. However way you want to do it. But start somewhere. Because that recognizes it's a message to your soul, which sends a message to yourself, to your crutches, that you're going to let God reign over your soul. You're going to let your spirit redeem your soul. And you're not going to try to fix yourself. So thanks for tuning in. If you, As always, it's always great to hear from you. Feel free to drop me a line at Diane, D-I-A-N-N-E, at therainersclub.org. Or you can do it through Blog Talk Radio. There's a also a contact on uh, therainersclub.org. We'll be getting back together again same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane of Rainers Radio. Have a good night.